goodness. Um, they, you can hear it, right? Yeah. My pants are make a sizzly noise. Friction. What kind of pants do you have on? Oh, uh, those kind. Moisture wicking. Mine don't do that. I should go put sweatpants on. Anyways, let's begin. Let's begin. This is a podcast. Life Adventures with Pete and Simpson. guys talking about their travel and life adventures across the world well Start. this is the breakfast this is the brekkie one so. morning edition the morning edition of the podcast i think we need to just like pow, 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 like we normally do pow, 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 pow. Yeah. right into it huh so in this week's episode what are we talking about pete we're going to talk about toronto and traveling via private air oh yes well and as a pilot yeah as a pilot yeah private i guess i guess it's right Privates were involved. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. Uh, we're off the rails. And off the rails. Okay, so Toronto. Yeah. I did do a trip up to Toronto uh, early September, yep. uh, which was, I don't want to time, time, time stamp it, but it was early September of this year, 2019, on the Roman calendar. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I didn't want to time stamp it, but here are all the details here are of all that. The, and it was between the hours. It was, um, it was a back-to-back trip for you because you had just gotten back from our wedding and yep. went. You had what, twenty-four hours in between? Uh, I don't think I was home for twenty-four hours. Okay. I think I was home for like eighteen hours oh, and then nice. back out on the road. Mm, fun. So flew up uh, DFW nonstop Ooh. to Toronto Pearson, which is and that is a big deal work. for you because normally your airline makes you connect somewhere because you do not fly an airline that is based at DFW. Right, I flew is their the hub. code share partner of Air oh. Canada, which Air uh, Toronto Canada. is a hub. Canada. But we're on. Uh, I think we're on a one seventy. For those at home, that is a regional jet, an, um, an Embraer one seventy, also known as an E jet. Okay, nope. so anyway, yeah, E-Jet, they call them E-Jets. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not know that. Uh-huh. So the more flew you up know. there, uh, I did try to take a late-in-the-day flight, because as you mentioned, it was a back-to-back trip for me, and uh, ended up getting up there probably about, I want to say I, I landed at probably about 9.30. Okay. Uh, going through customs in Toronto was one of the least enjoyable experiences I've ever had going through customs, and I've been through... I've been to about, I would say, somewhere north of 25 to 30 countries. That's funny because my experience going to Toronto was a two-day trip, the same event, but a couple years ago, was, it, it was a seamless, I thought it was, it went by really quick. It was just like, here you go, come on in. So, every everyone else that I talked to that went to the same event did not have the same customs experience that I had. Oh, So, I think beard. I either timed it poorly. Yep. Or I was in a different terminal than everybody else. Sure. Because I was the only one that was flying in on Air Canada. Everybody else was flying in through a different terminal, apparently. So we get off the airplane, and there's two things that are are urgent for me at the moment. One, I'm tired. I want to clean our customs. I want to go to the hotel. Mm -hmm. Number two, I had a lot of water on that flight. Yep. So I'm going to need to get that water off-board as quickly as possible. Yeah, download that. So we get off, and uh, when you're an international arrival, they usually funnel you through into a hallway so you're not going out into the main terminal so that you can go through customs before they kind of release you out into the wild if you mm-hmm. will and in that process there were no bathrooms Ooh. so i'm walking down this hallway how is that possible i don't understand how that that's doesn't... possible this is not an uncommon problem like hey i just got off an airplane i had some water i'm gonna need to use the bathroom yeah i didn't want to be the guy that made my seatmate have to get up so i could go use the bathroom right common common, common courtesy. yeah common decency so I walk down the hall, and there's a mass confusion of people. And there's people, there's airport workers that are directing traffic. Yep. Uh, and they're queuing us up for something. So I have to now get into this line that's probably about 300 people long. And it's very thick, very long line. I get to the front of that line, and I think I'm, I'm getting somewhere sure. at this point. And all that I'm actually getting is into the next room, <sighs> which has... At, 
probably 700 people in it that are all queued up through those Oh, the back and forth, yeah. The snake. Oh, my God. Finally get through to that, um, and they have the automatic kiosks that you go through and you scan your boarding pass. And similar to, for those who have global entry, similar to the experience that you'd get coming into the U.S. Yeah, it's, it's similar to that, yeah. sure. Um, they give you a print-off. And then you have to get into another line, ah. and that line is snaked through because there's no actual like official way that that line is supposed to go. You're uh-huh. supposed to just get it printed, go to the exit, hand it, yeah. and go. Yeah. But this line is snaked literally through all the computer, uh, the automated machines. So like you're literally walking around, you're like, are you in line? Are you in line? Oh. Trying to find the end of this thing. Oh. It took me about 90 minutes to clear customs. Ooh. Going into Canada. Yeah. A couple things about that. Number one. Why do so many people want to go to Canada? Why is everybody trying to get into Canada? What do they have there that we don't well, have? Well, Toronto is pretty popular. I mean, especially for like the film industry, Toronto is pretty popular. And entertainment, yeah. I didn't see any celebrities. Oh, uh, you were there. <laughs> and you run a podcast. Oh, yeah. I just did the swirling coffee thing. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Thanks for... Yeah. And just chug it right next to the mic. <sighs> Making matters more stressful for me going through that... Um, the guy in front of me in the second line. So when I finally got into that main room that has yep. about 700 plus people in it, yep. there was a bathroom there. Uh-huh. Sweet relief was coming my way. So I get back in the line and the guy in front of me uh, is clearly coming back from vacation. And he has like a brown paper bag that has the uh, the MSP cruise ship stuff on it. Oh, and yeah. I was yeah. Like, MSC. Oh, MSC. Yeah, MSC. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah. I saw their boat saw last week. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was like. That is way nicer than freezing cold Canada. Yeah. So after about 90 minutes, I'm through customs. Yep. Uh, Kyle. Which, I mean, I've even going into Europe and you're getting off like a 747 and you're all, it's like a mad rush yep. right to the, the first, you know, customs clearing. I still haven't had, I don't think I ever waited 90 minutes. That for me, I'm pretty sure that's the longest I've ever waited to get through customs. Man, that's crazy. Dubai was uh, used to be that for me, and that was about an hour that took me to get through there. Yeah, but this was this was far worse. Huh? Yeah, and it's Canada, right? Well, Canada. Hey, stop, stop hating on Canada. It's man. got "duh" in the name of it. Stop hating on Canada. Duh. They're gonna be really upset. All right. Oh no! <laughs> You're such a jerk. Those Canadians. There are a lot of really nice Canadians. Oh. Oh, jeez. Don't you know? That's like. It's all the same okay. once you're north of uh-huh. Mason-Dixon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Spoken as a true Southerner now. Uh, spoken as a New Englander who thinks yeah. they're better than everybody else. Oh, yeah, that's, okay. That's really what that, yeah, that I would say that's, let's get Let's boil down that root cause right there. Boil that right down. Yeah. So we get through. Uh, Kyle picks me up. Uh, we head out. Oh, what, what rental car did Kyle have? He had a Lincoln Continental. Oh, did he tell you about his sweet uh, – this is a tangent, of course – but his sweet rental car? He had like a Navigator – what's the SUV? The, the Aviator? Well, they've got a few of them now. They've got the Aviator, oh. the Navigator. I think it was a Navigator. In the Baromium. So we're going to talk about a King Air event here in a, in a few minutes. And, of course, if you remember uh, from previous episodes, the – game with pete and kyle always is who's got the better rental car and yes. of course i said hey kyle what are you up to like when we first get to the show and he goes oh you know nothing uh what rental card you get <laughs> and i was like uh we have like a nissan versa i don't know we, we just baller yeah and he's like i got a navigator or something like that yeah thanks kyle yep you i was like, guess what kyle you're driving us everywhere I don't know if people like that work in the rental car industry just look at him and like, oh, I feel bad for that guy. Let's give him something nice. Cheers, day up. Oh, come on. What? You're st- that's so mean. Oh, fun tangent also about Kyle. Yeah. Uh, when Kyle was here last week, um, I did convince him to go get his nose and ears waxed with me. Oh, yeah. All right. So yeah, he was like, he that. was like, ooh, that's quite nice. And I was like, I feel bad. Oh, I I paid for it because I was like, hey, you should try it. So I ended up paying for it. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to really tip this lady extra because this is one hairy dude. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, back to the uh, Anyways, previous episode. Canada. Yeah. Uh, so he picks us up. Uh, we're, we're out trolling for some dinner because it's late. Right. Some poutine. So we found our casino. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, into the casino we went. Yeah. Uh, we did have, uh, I did have some struggles with getting cash out of the account. Um. There was plenty of cash there. It just didn't want to give it to me for some reason. Huh. I think part of it was um, 
uh, international fraud alert because I was trying oh, to pull up. Oh, I see what you're saying. As much as I was trying to pull up. But I was able to get a little bit out. I really need to not gamble in foreign countries. Why is that? Because their money has no... Uh, it has no con- meaning. Yeah, it has no yeah. meaning to you. So, I mean, I had the... like this, I, I put some money into a slot machine and like the second spin was like a thousand bucks. Didn't mean anything to me. This was the first. Oh, a thousand Canadian. I thought a you thousand meant... Canadian dollars. Ooh. You do realize you do realize the exchange rate is. I mean, it, it is beneficial to the U.S. dollar, but it, it's not that far off from a dollar to dollar. There is. I mean, a thousand dollars Canadian was probably about eight hundred ish. Yeah. So you played. You played a slot for eight hundred dollars. Oh, I've done worse. Oh, jeez. I've made better. Oh, jeez. Uh. So I think plus. The worst thing to happen if you're a degenerate gambler such as myself and yep. my my degenerate gamblers where are my degenerate gamblers at? Woo! Uh, the worst thing to happen to a degenerate gambler is when you win early on in your, uh, in your yeah. trip. Like you need to win like as your friends are like, Come on, we're heading towards the door. Yep. Come on, we're heading towards the door. You need to win then. Yep. And then get out. Yep. But if you just walked in and you won, yeah, the start of the just, night. That's just giving it back to the house, which I ended up doing. So okay, I was gonna say. So how how does this? Let's Tarantino this. How does it end? Um, it ended as it began, without money. Without money. Okay. <laughs> okay. It returns to once which it was. Oh, that was poetic. No, did that make sense? Your face says no. My words. Say I'm I'm replaying I'm it in my head. Yeah, it probably made sense. Anyway, so you and Kyle are in the casino. We're in the casino. Casino, yes. Uh, it's a bizarre casino. Okay. Uh, like, there's slots on one floor. There's a racetrack uh, viewing spot on a, on another floor, and there's table games. Oh, as in, like, TV racetrack. No, there's a legit racetrack there. There was a, it was a horse and dog track that was where we were. Inside? No, it's oh. inside, but you, you can sit inside and watch the, watch oh. the races. Got it. Uh, it was probably the most well-lit casino I've ever been in. Ooh. It was bright. And the casino is a grubby place that nobody needs to see the dark corners of. Yeah, no, but that makes sense, though, because, you know, bright lights will keep you awake and disrupt you further from your time tracking. No, I did not feel that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Maybe normal people. I feel like they just pump oxygen in there. Yeah. That, yep. Caffeinated um, air. So that was dis- disappointing. Uh, we went out, uh, we got out of there, uh, went back to the hotel, had some food, blah, blah, blah. Went to bed, woke up the next morning. Next morning, wake up, Kyle goes, hey, let's go to Tim Hortons. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'd, I'd like a cup of coffee. I'd, I love experiencing a new donut every now and then. I'd say that's just for those who have never been, Tim Hortons is Dunkin' Donuts of Canada. So we get in line at the Tim Hortons at the drive-thru, and... Uh, they have a couple specialty coffees on the menu that are listed there. And it's like, you know, like lattes and stuff like that and cappuccinos versus, you know, the traditional just regular right coffee. Right. So I ordered a uh, latte. I wanted just a straight latte. And the lady, lady on the box goes, we don't have any lattes. We just have regular coffee. I said, all right, whatever. So I'll just take a regular iced coffee because this line is like stupid long to get into this place. Mm-hmm. And we're finally there. I said, all right, I'll just take a regular uh, iced coffee with milk. You know, pretty similar to what I have every day every of my day. life. Yeah, right. And uh, I ended up getting a donut. It was, hands down, the worst coffee and the worst donut I think I've ever had in my entire life. Oh. We then drove seven miles to a Starbucks, <laughs> which was delightful. 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 Starbucks, if you're listening. Uh, so while we were on that trip, we had the opportunity. I like to, one of the things, uh, for me when I travel, I like to visit, uh, uh, sporting arenas. I like to go to events. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think we talked about this, you know, going to baseball games and going to, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the season is yeah. trying to get tickets and to it, that. Ultimately, I do have a personal goal. I'd like to go to every MLB ballpark in the United States. And oh, I, think okay. I, I think I've been to about 12 or 13. I didn't know that. I'd have, to, I'd have to double check and count that. But I've been to quite a few of them so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to continue to check that box. One I had not been to uh, was, I believe it's, I don't remember the name of it, but it's where, it's the home of the Blue Jays. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and. Try to figure. Is it Safeco? No. No. Anyway, uh, wherever the Blue Jays play, so indoor stadium. My home team, or my my not my home team anymore, but my my fan fandom yes. team is the Boston Red Sox. 
who did not have the best year. Mm-mm. But I still saw them live three different times. And the Red Sox happened to be in Toronto while we were there, so I figured, hey, two birds, one stone, let's yeah. check the box, let's go to, go to that stadium. Yeah. I'd never been before. Uh, it It's a big stadium, for sure. There was nobody in it. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there's always, when you when you see them on TV, it's you ne- you never see the seats. Like, So if you go to Fenway, if you go to a game at Fenway, or you go to, what, uh, Wrigley, or you go to you know one of these older yep. ballparks that The people, iconic ones. Yeah, the iconic ones. Um, it's normally like sold out, and every seat, for the most part, every seat has a person in it, or you know there's standing room only in cases, and... I'll do you one better. How about every section has at least one person? Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. yeah that would, we've that been would to games. be a substantial improvement from what we experienced there. We've, we've been to games. I know we, you and I went to a game um, at Ranger Stadium. Yep. And Globe Life Park. Globe Life Park. I know yes. the name of that one. Yeah. And <laughs> it, 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 there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot of people there. The one time. No, and there were substantially more people at that game than oh. there were at this Toronto Blue Jays game. So, keep in mind, it's September, and both of these teams are out of out of the hunt. Out of the hunt, yeah, they're not making the playoffs. So this is it's B squad territory. Um, I was the only person in my section in the adjacent two sections who had any sort of cheering or reaction to anything that was happening on the field. Oh boy! So the Red Sox get a hit, I clap. You know, the Blue Jays get a hit. Was it was it like crickets. one of those? It was like crickets, and you're like, yeah. It was it was the lone sad clapper. Oh boy! Um, or or like uh, um, when they're doing like the slow clap for the 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 full count, you're the only one slow clapping. I was doing I was I was clapping and I was like looking around like is is there an echo in here? Anybody else getting in on this? Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's live sports, ladies and gentlemen. It's professional athletes doing what they do, getting paid to play a game. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to clap, just watch from home. The coverage right. is better. Yeah, and the seats are probably <laughs> a little bit nicer. Uh, the seats actually weren't bad. Uh, I would say my culinary review of of that stadium was not great. The food I did not care for. The stadium itself was it easy to navigate? Was it? Um, it's 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 big. Yeah. Um, it's uh, a newer stadium. It right? is a newer one. Yeah. Um, and we, they did have the roof open that night, which oh. was nice. Uh, in the uh, the Space Needle Tower, ooh, the Space Needle Tower that they have there uh, overlooks right into the oh into the oh in Toronto Toronto okay yep. uh, yeah CN Tower or something like that CN Tower yes yeah. I went up in it and I oh. could not remember the name of it <laughs> uh, anyway ball game not that interesting ball game nothing the one thing that was interesting is we did end up being on TV that night oh because on the Kiss Cam uh nope oh, okay uh, close. Uh-huh. I feel like I've got a sneeze coming. Oh, boy. Not on the KISS cam. Yep. Uh, we had, uh, there was maybe 12 people that were sitting in our section. And one of the guys was sitting in front of us. He uh, reached over and picked up a ball that was in play. And, like, the guy the, the guy that works there, the security guy that yeah. stands on the field side, yeah. he's running out of the way. And he says, he's yelling, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. And keep in mind. The massive crowds are making so much noise. So much in noise. There. <laughs> it's literally. Don't touch the ball. Yeah, it's that. At that volume, also. Yeah. And the guy reaches down and throws his hat down and scoops the ball up. And he's like, Yeah, I got the ball. And, and the guy's wearing a Red Sox hat. Uh, and he. It was a Red Sox hit, also. Oh. So he screwed his own team. You're a moron. Such an idiot. And he goes, oh, sorry. And he puts the ball back up on the thing right. like he didn't touch it. Right. Uh, he was kindly asked to move, remove. I'm like, first of all, this place is in no position to ask people to leave. Right. There's nobody here to begin with. Yep. Uh, but I get where they're coming from. But that was. Did they, they asked him to leave? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, because if you interfere with play, they kick you out. Oh, oh, I figured. Technically interference. I figured they'd be like, go, go sit up there. Yeah. In the timeout section. Um, rarely have I ever left live sporting events early. Yep. I left early. Oh, it was that define bad. early. Um, after the fifty-fifty, which was the beginning seven? of the seventh inning. Yeah. yeah, I did not win the fifty-fifty. Shocking, silly. I know. Uh, but downtown Toronto was quite nice. I haven't been so when I went to Toronto, I basically the the event. I'm assuming it's the same one 
is at the airport, correct? Yeah, they it's at the Hilton, the Hilton, the Hilton right there. So I literally flew into the airport, took the shuttle, which was a three-minute ride, yep, four-minute ride, to the hotel, went to the hotel, stayed in the hotel, was there for two days, three days? Two days, probably. Yeah. yeah, and got back on the shuttle, got back on an airplane, went home. I literally... I might have never left. I don't know if that's technically airport property, the the Hilton there. I don't know if I ever left. Yeah. Uh, the one awesome thing, though, my room looked out over the airport. So I just watched airplanes. I, I was working on my laptop, you know, crushing emails like I do, right? Um, and I was just watching airplanes. And I was like, this is not that bad. Yeah, unfortunately, my room faced the other way, which uh, is not my uh, not my favorite when you're Oh, airplane sounds, but you can't actually see. So downtown or Toronto, what, endless dash eights. <laughs> what was your uh, your favorite? So we stay. We extended our trip by one day from what we really needed to do for mm-hmm. our jobs, so that I we could go to that Red Sox game, mm-hmm. uh, which meant we had a day to go explore the city. Um, downtown Toronto is actually kind of a cool city. It's oh. it's very similar, I feel, to like a downtown Chicago. Okay. Um, you know, it's walkable, it's consumable. The people are nice. There's plenty to do. There's plenty of restaurants. There's literally a Starbucks on every block. Oh, wow. Um, the Toronto film festival is going on Mm -hmm. and it was, um, right where we were. Um, Oh, cool. So we were, we, you saw celebrities. Maybe people were in town talking about your, uh, one pseudo celebrity, and I'd have to look up what his name is. So maybe, maybe that was in... the reason why the customs was all backed up was because of this film festival. So I was right. No, I doubt that. No, I was right because everybody else that flew in that day didn't have a problem with customs. It was just me. Oh well, maybe the Canadians hate me. Well, yeah, because you just talked a whole bunch of crap about him on the podcast. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, well, Talking if the shoe the... fits, if the maple syrup flavored shoe fits, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. That's totally a thing. God, I've had shoes that taste like maple syrup before. I'm real sloppy with maple syrup. <sighs> I'm going to call you the Ebor shoe licker. For oh, another episode. No. I'm surprised we didn't cover the shoe licker. Did we cover the shoe licker? We didn't. Uh, nope. How did that's we the, not that cover is a that? Standalone. Oh, that's going to be boy. a standalone. Yeah. We should get Jared on for that one. Oh, Just goodness. to giggle through the whole background of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to look up who what celebrity that was. Uh, okay. Anyway, so the film festivals in Toronto. Film festivals in Toronto. Anything the else? Seats about Toronto? are vibrant. Uh, the the city is vibrant. Uh, you we, said the seats are vibrant. Yeah, okay. that, that's a that's a that's a mismanage okay. of words. Yeah. Uh, what am I gonna search for here? What was the name of that movie he was in that I know he was in? Anyway, uh, it was uh, no. You're gonna you're gonna laugh when I say the name of this. Road trip. Oh <laughs> boy, Tom Green? No, it wasn't Tom Green. It was. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say. Squeakity 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 squeak 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 squeak. Uh. Oh my no, goodness, no, no. dude! Riveting stuff here. Oh, we'll just edit it all out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, is this the guy? Yes, Anthony Rapp. Who? He has been in such movies as... Can I see a picture? Uh, you know what? I'll just Google him. Yeah, just Google him yourself. He was in Star Trek Discovery, The Good Fight, The Nick, 13 Reasons Why, Law and Order. Films he's been in... Uh, oh my god, he's killing... Oh, yeah! Yeah, he was in Dazed and Confused. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. But he's, he's like one of those celebrities that you're like, I know you're a celebrity. I don't know your name. Was that a B-lister? Is that what we, would that be considered? I guess so. Uh, so we ended up, uh, yeah. we got into the city early because we had nothing to do and we sure. wanted to go explore. We went to Wahlburgers. Oh, yeah. Which. Uh, you literally know that there's one in like Logan. They're everywhere now. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you been? No. The food's actually pretty good. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Donnie? a big fan of it. No. Who's the Who's the oldest brother? Paul. Paul? Sure. He He's, yeah, a legit chef. Yeah. No, the food is, I, I. I go anytime I come across one. I, I try to make an oh. appearance, so um, highly recommend it. Oh, cool! And I'll not just because I'm a homer, and I'm afraid of Mackie Mac, but because it's actually good food. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, contain yourself. It, it took me a second to to catch on to what you were saying. Mackie Mac, Mackie Mac, and the Funky Bunch. Um, 
And we ended up spending a good portion of the afternoon hanging out at the Starbucks, sitting on the side of the street, watching the people go by drinking coffee, which is a great time, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, people watching is fun, especially, you know, where we did a lot of that was um, Vegas. So there's probably going to be some talks about Vegas yes. next. Future we're episodes. Vegas, yeah, we're shortly. going to Vegas soon. Um, Which means we have to release these episodes in order at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, Oopsies. Anyway, there'll be a future episode on Vegas. But yeah, people watching in Vegas, interesting. Um, but yeah, so that that sounds like fun. So uh, that was your Toronto experience. That was Toronto. And yeah. like I said, I did not. I do not have a extensive experience. Well, in... we after we had left the casino the first night, we vowed to never go back to that casino, and then we went back the next night. So. <laughs> Uh, that's not surprising yeah I, epic fail on our part yeah i'd say I've, I've heard i've heard this before i've heard yes yeah so where have you been recently oh so i think i alluded to earlier that i went to a king air event and for those of you that aren't uh familiar with aircraft uh, by the way that is a huge pet peeve of mine is people who plural aircraft yep oh so annoying so anyway the king air it's a uh twin engine turboprop so basically it's a jet engine that spins a prop as opposed to generating power through the the jet portion oh yeah i know sorry murder <laughs> murdered that let's see where this description of a jet engine goes let's anyway <laughs> uh so they come in various sizes um basically small medium <laughs> and large no joke that is literally like i feel like how they come but anyway uh. um they're popular with uh, how do they come? Uh, small, medium, large, like a. But uh, for our for our listeners, they're gonna be like, uh, either they're gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I know King Air, or they're gonna be like, what the hell is this kid talking about? Yeah. So yeah, they're either gonna be like, yeah, I know what a King Air is, or oh, my son sounds so good on the radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our that's our listener that's a, our genre right there. Yeah, right at sorry, the mom. at the moment of recording. Sorry, moms. Um. So. The uh, King Air is used for a number of different things. It's normally a private owner-flown aircraft, so basically yep. the person who owns the aircraft flies it. But there are there's a number of large operators out in the world that use it for kind of, um, I would say the typical mission would be like for... Um, it's like compares, a thousand miles well, or I'd under. Say, well, I'd say, right? yeah, yeah. It's gonna, it'd be like your Boston to um, D.C., to Washington, D.C., oh, or yeah. like your Dallas to Houston or your uh, San Francisco to LA, or, you know, your Seattle to Portland, those kind of distance flights, you know, maybe yep. one or two hours, um, great airplane, you know, kind of a workhorse type airplane. So yep. um, there's a gathering, uh, like with a lot of these uh, groups that have uh, the same aircraft type, um, or model, they all get together um, and have a, a, a meeting about, you know, the industry for their particular aircraft, uh, and safety things and, you know, things that are kind of, um, it, it's a good, it, it, imagine it being like a car show where, you know, you only have Fords or you only have Toyotas or Nissans. That's essentially what this is. is basically people fly in with their aircraft and talk about, you know, their particular aircraft and, you know, any challenges they might face. And there's a whole bunch of, uh, different speakers that come. Like for instance, there was somebody who's a expert on training in King Air. So he can talk about, you know, these are the things that you should be training for. These are the the steps that I recommend for things. Um, there was also a keynote speaker who is the uh, the longest. I forget how I don't know how to phrase this, but she she, she it was a woman astronaut. She had spent about two years in uh, in space, so it was interesting to hear her stories. And she was a pilot too. And she's so. like one of the most what is it tenured? Is that the right word? Uh, people, uh, women for being in space. She yeah, actually, no, it wasn't even just women. It was like she, is, I don't know if she is the record holder or if she is, f forget gender, she, I think, is um, the, the American uh, astronaut who spent the most time in space, I believe is her title. If you want to go ahead and fact check I'm gonna, that. I'm going to fact check that. Anyway, so as I, I, I continue on, so this is a multi day event. Um, we flew down in a King Air. Uh, my coworker, um, is a sales manager for um, the central part of the United States, south central part of the United States. Um, and he has a, so we have a network of dealers that sell our product for us. And one of them has uh, King Air. And Was it Peggy Annette Whitson? Uh, can I see a picture? Mm, maybe. Uh, anyway, so um, this event, 
uh, we flew down in a King Air, a King Air uh, B200. So it's like the medium, if you will, of my King Air descriptions previously. Um, so it holds about, I think there's about uh, seven seats in the back, if I remember correctly, um, plus two pilots. Yeah, uh, depending on how you have it configured. That's, yeah. I think that's more of a traditional... Yeah, it was an executive... Executive configuration. Yeah. I think Super... some people that use them for like 135 operations will put like 10 seats. Yeah, in. 11, 10 seats in the back. Um, so for those who don't know what a 135 op is or a 121 op operation, it's basically airline configuration. Um, so this is more of an executive configuration. So very well-appointed, comfortable seats. Um, and it was about a 45-minute flight. So it's either a four-hour car ride or a 45-minute flight. And the 45-minute flight down was amazing. Super comfortable. It was early in the morning. It was about 9 o'clock. Uh, and it was just a gorgeous day in Texas. How long did it take you in the series? I was, I was looking in the, uh, the astronaut here. Oh. Uh, uh, it took me uh, an hour and 20 minutes to get to San Antonio. Okay. So, so about little, the same. Uh, well, and I was, I was coming, I'm coming from Addison and going to San Antonio. We were so. going Meacham to Fredericksburg. So probably 20 miles less. Yeah. It's not that big of a no. difference. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you're going much faster. Right, right. We so we slow climbed up to literally we were about 40 miles away from the airport and we got to our final cruising altitude of 16,000. And I was talking to the pilot afterwards. Why did you slow climb? Well, no, I don't think it was. We got stepped climbed. I don't oh. know if there was traffic out there. I was like, why did it take it? Like, why did they even give us 16,000 feet so close to the airport? And he goes, I don't know. There was no traffic out there. I don't know what the controllers were looking at or anything. And I was like, ah. So, um, great flight, had a good time. Um, we got down there, like I said, pretty quick, but they were staying an extra day. So we had a rental car that we were going to drive back to Fort Worth with, and it took four hours. And what was that rental car? It was a Nissan Versa or something like that, or Sentra. It was a Sentra. Yeah. Nissan Sentra. Yeah. It was brutal. It's funny that they would, they would, uh, step climb me out of, uh, out of Dallas. Usually once in my experience of flying around here, once you're out of the, the Bravo area. Yep. It's, you do what you want to do. Yeah. You want to go high, go high. You want to go direct, go direct. Well, no, we, I mean, so yeah, once we got out of the Bravo, we were going direct Waco, um, which is just south for those uh, who don't know. Yep. The area, it's just south of DFW area. Um, we went direct Waco. And then as soon as we got to there, we, we climbed up pretty good, you know, it was yeah. pretty quick. Um, but I think they, I think they slow climbed cause they wanted to just go there fast. Yeah. I mean, we were paying the fuel, so whatever. Um, yeah. Nice. I've never, uh, I've never had the joy of riding a Kinger. It was, it was sweet. I've, that's my second time in a turboprop. Uh, excuse me, third time in a turboprop. Uh, excuse me, fourth time in a turboprop. Is that your final answer? Uh, second or... time in a twin-engine turboprop. Let's go with that. Okay, which, uh, what were these other turboprops you speak of? Um, so I flew in an Epic. Uh, that sounds epic. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty epic. That thing is a race car. I, I think that's a beautiful-looking airplane. Um, PA-46. Uh, okay. And a Dash 8 Q400. Like for the airlines? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't counting that. Oh, well, I've... Turboprop's a turboprop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I meant like... I meant like the ones you can see the dials and stuff. Well, some of those Dash 8s... I was going to say... Yeah, I was say... Eh. No, they had a cockpit door. You can see. Yeah. So, yeah, so I haven't had that much experience in, uh, in turboprop aircraft. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I mean, I've flown in the Dash 8. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've actually flown in a Saab 340 also. Oh, have you really? I have, How yes. is that? Uh, sketchy. Is, I would say is, is, is what you could expect. The um, armrests were the same height as my thighs. Yeah, isn't that always weird? <laughs> yeah, like, it's super weird. Um, but yeah, the, the King Air was, and the King Air Gathering event was is very interesting. Like all those other owner events, owner-driven events, um, they're kind of uh, very grassroots, and it's obviously people who are very passionate about their aircraft right it's the yep. not, it's not only the fan club but it's also people who are invested in their aircraft as well right. as is the the safety aspects of it yeah i think that's uh, in aviation for sure uh i think you see this in automotive also but yeah oh, of owners course. of and specific that's why, things get very passionate about it right and that's why i kind of equated it to like a car show right yep. a, a, a manufacturer's car show that's obviously a little bit more than just hey come check out my whatever i installed on my car it's you know safety aspects what are the challenges in in your particular airframe yeah. as, as you kind of alluded to during breakfast um there's one you know challenge with that airframe um that's yeah. a little a little dangerous but um 
Yeah, so and that was kind of cool. It, it was nice to do some, have a nice positive experience, kind of going back to your PC-12 experience with that one airline. Uh, so this is kind of the other side of aviation. and, and The other kinda, side of the coin. Yeah, the other side yeah. of the coin, the other side of the business, the other side of the industry where you have these individuals who own aircraft like this King Air who are – just passing they're all they're gonna go buy us anyway and they were like oh well we can stop and come pick you up yep um and we'll fly you down to and that's also another nice thing about you know this community that Mm. we are a part of with you know being in the industry that we're in knowing the people that we know Mm -hmm. being pilots Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you can just hitch a ride with somebody which is uh i don't recommend everybody go out to their local airport and try to hitch a ride but right uh, for those of us, uh, for those of my friends that have airplanes, don't forget to give me a ride. Yeah, right. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the other aspect is, you know, I, I know a few people who have aircraft and have always been like, oh, yeah, you can come fly it anytime you want. I believe one of your friends has also offered that to me. Yeah, and it's, you know, you're always like, uh, okay. And, I, you know, it's one of those things where you want to be, you want to take them up on it, but you don't want to be pushy about it. So, yeah. but in any case, so that's a little bit of a, a tangent. But yeah, that it's the kind of the nice side of, well, and plus where, where that specific aircraft is based, I'd be like, well, I would fly the Cirrus out there. Right, right. And then I would, well, that doesn't make any sense for me to fly out there to fly another airplane. Fly another airplane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 nice when it kind of lines up like that. Like, we talk about flying to Oshkosh ourselves. I think we talked yep. about that in a previous um, episode, or, or we may have not yet. But, you know. T- we, we did t- talk about it. We haven't released it. Ah, there's, so, there's the technical difference there. Right. So, we, you know, we talk about wanting to fly to events, and there's a couple of challenges there. And one of them being y- you're kind of bound by weather, right? Even if I'm not instrument rated. Um, so I have to fly on a, a pretty decent day. And for me to fly to an event that's a couple hundred miles away, and a lot of hundred miles, I should say, yep. almost a you know, a thousand in some cases. Um, the weather would have to be good, very good, between here and there, and yep. forecasted to be good a day before and a day after. Yep. So, to not give any wiggle room, and it's you know, you, you can't take advantage of it all the time. So, well, and I think that dovetails nicely into my next bit that yeah. I'm going to talk about. Which yeah, is, talk about your experience. Um, first of all. I highly recommend getting an instrument rating. I know. Um, I'm working on it. It's four years in the making. It's four years. Um, so, well, you've got three years to beat me still. So, <laughs> It took <laughs> so, you seven years? It took me seven years. I started and then I just stopped flying for a long period of time. Yeah, that happened to me. I stopped And then when flying. I finished it, it took me a month and a half to finish it. That was yeah. It. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing is obviously um, there have been some life changes recently in the last uh, 12 months. Yes. You know, moving to Texas. Getting, yes. Getting a wife. Shh. She's right there. She's right there. She's looking at me. As she's, she's, look, she's looking at you. If you don't move. She does approving eyes. She senses motion. If you don't move. She's, she can smell us. She can smell fear. <laughs> anyway. You smell that? Yeah. Fear. Fear. Um, so, yeah, there's just been a lot of life stuff that's happened in the last 12 months. And now that I have... Now that things are kind of kind of settled down, I would like to imagine they're settled down, but they're they're kind of still not. Um, I, I need to delve a little bit more into it. And let me let me hit you with a hard fact here, go. real quick. Um, a life will never be settled. What? B. The only way to really do it is to determine that you want to do it, yep. and then make it a priority and yes. go do it. Yeah. Um, if you're waiting for some moment in time where it feels right. Mm. You're gonna wait forever. It's never gonna ain't, feel right. Ain't coming. It ain't coming. And that's and that's sound advice from Uncle Pete for all you kids out there. I feel like there needed to be an intro to that. Like <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's copyrighted. Yeah, I'm sure. It and is. another tidbit from Pete. <laughs> and another lawsuit from Pete. Yeah. Um. So talk about. So you obviously you you didn't go to this event, but one uh, three of your coworkers went. Yep, uh, and, and, and some I, listeners. Thank you. And I flew down to San Antonio to pick up one of them. Yep. Uh, which started. Uh, about a week of flying for me. So I flew down in the Cirrus. Uh, weather was, it was marginal VFR when I took off out of uh, out of Dallas, which means for the non-pilots out there, it was okay. It yeah. wasn't bad, but I climbed it was up. An, it was a good day. I, I climbed up okay through day. some clouds there. Uh, got on top. It was a beautiful day on top. Nice and smooth. Beautiful. Crystal clear. Absolutely nice day. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight shot down there. Uh, I had to descend back down through the weather. Popped out of the clouds about 1,200-ish feet. 
uh, was bumpy oh, below, yeah. the, below those clouds. And there's just a whole bunch of stuff pushing in off the Gulf, I think, is what was driving it there. Yeah, so during that event that we were at, it was like, it was windy. And I, I think there's always a wind in Texas. It's always, you know, blowing at some extent. Yep. But it, it was like, it was pretty, pretty potent that the past, couple of days that we were down there. Um, to the Like we had, we had flags that were up and the flags were like, getting almost blown over and in some cases they were blown over um but it was it was a pretty strong wind yeah and i think that's i, I definitely noticed that when i moved here but i guess i've kind of also forgotten you mm-hmm. know how, just how windy it is here all like the it's, time it's just it's just windy yeah yeah because there's no mountains or <laughs> no any, any uh any notable geographical changes that can break up that wind at all right uh so came down flew flew down to san antonio picked up kyle uh, coming out of San Antonio, they gave us, which I appreciate, they gave us the shortest taxi to the to the runway, which was literally uh, 50 feet before yeah. the end of that, that runway, uh, which I, I do, don't get me wrong, I appreciate a short taxi sure. at a large airport. Uh, this happened to be a runway that gave us a quartering tailwind so, on departure. I don't want to play, I don't want, I, I, so I hate armchair quarterback uh armchair pilot quarterbacks right that go online and dissect sure decision making especially in an incident or accident right i i can't stand that or, or people who who assign themselves and this is really a tangent and clearly a, a sore spot for me who assign themselves as uh subject matter experts sure that people lots of people think are the holy grail of you know, aviation, sure. right? So I think there's a couple of, and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to, um, but there are a couple of influencers out there that kind of make themselves the self-appointed knowledge uh, source for aviation and pilots. And they're like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should do that. And their qualifications might not lend themselves to this. So I, I, I'm not saying I am not a qualified uh, uh, accident investigator. I'm not a decision-making investigator. I have very little time, you know, doing uh, safety classes and stuff like that. So, and not only a very little time as a pilot, but I'm, I talk to a lot of pilots. Yeah. Why would you accept, to bring this full circle, why would you accept the quartering tailwind? First of all, let me say that with what you just described with self-proclaimed experts and self-appointed uh, subject matter experts, mm-hmm. that's unfortunately a byproduct of the the world that we live in today yeah. with social media and influencers and mm-hmm. all those sorts of things out there. Um, to answer your question uh, directly, why did I accept that? Um, so, A, I didn't have to accept it. I could have. Yeah, I could have declined that clearance and chosen the long taxi and taken taken a different runway. Um, I accepted it because it, a it was a short taxi uh, with the amount of available runway that we had. It was almost nine thousand feet we had available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, a Cirrus needs what fifteen uh, hundred in in yeah, optimal twelve hundred ish yeah. in in optimal conditions. We weren't heavy. Yep. Uh, we were well under gross, so we were light. Uh, we have enough power, and there was enough runway. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it worked out okay. No, I just I I mean we were off. Uh, like I said, it's usually twelve hundred, thirteen hundred foot roll for that aircraft. We were probably off in two thousand feet, which gave us seven thousand feet of extra runway sure. to, to play with. Sure. Um. So the the risk analysis in my mind didn't didn't it didn't really come into play. No, but it obviously because you brought it up. Um. The, well, it's a different feel. Right. Right. The feeling you you know it's especially when it's what. Even if it was like a twenty five percent increase, even though it was well within safety margins, yep, it, it just is noticeable. I mean, twenty five percent you're going to notice, you yep. know, an increase in takeoff roll or something like that. I was just diving into your head because you'd mentioned <laughs> that before, and I was like, yeah, yeah short no, taxis are nice, but under if it were, um, I would say if then there wasn't a low ceiling either. Okay, um, the ceilings had come up uh, quite a bit from the time I landed to the time I took back off. Had it been a uh, a lower ceiling where I was blasting off directly into IFR, I probably would have taken the longer taxi. Mm-hmm. Or if I was heavier, uh, or if the runway was shorter, there were a lot of factors. Sure. That if any one of them had changed, I would have opted for the longer taxi and, and taken off into the wind. But even even when I say taken off into the wind, 
that was still going to be a very heavy crosswind. Uh, oh, from okay. The other oh, okay. So my options. Oh, you were, said it was quartering. It wasn't a direct tailwind. It was okay. a. It was a quartering tailwind uh, for the runway that I was on, but with the configuration uh, for the other runway, it would have been a, almost a direct crosswind. So yeah. it was. There was uh, really no there was, optimal. There was no good runway. They yeah. were all bad options. The other one might have been ever so slightly better, mm-hmm. uh, just because it swings. You know that few degrees, maybe a little bit more towards the uh, a quartering crosswind mm-hmm. as opposed to a direct crosswind or you know quartering tailwind. Uh, but uh, there was no uh, to quote Maverick. Uh, <laughs> there was no danger. I had the opportunity, so I took it. Wait, too soon? Wow. What? No, that I mean that was. I'm just jacked up for the new movie this year. I, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm over here just like, man, that was that was a. Uh, I mean, they're they're talking about accident investigations. I mean, you you just displayed what is it, machismo or, you know, one of the the seven deadly sin. Uh, so the, stereotypes. In, in all honesty, there was no there was no risk. Yeah, it was. Well, there was risk, but it was minimal risk. Minimal compared to yep. anything else. Uh, anyway, sorry to flew back in Addison, yeah. fairly uneventful. We were in the clouds descending into Addison, but it was VFR and so. So why do you like, so you've, you've flown, like you said in the last couple of weeks, you've flown a lot yourself. Why do you like, this is going to sound like a crazy question because I obviously know the answer. Why do you like flying yourself to these events? Uh, it's more direct. Yep. Um, you get to where you're actually wanting to go. There's mm-hmm. no security. Well, there's security, but right. you know, it's not it's not TSA. Right. Uh, you don't have to unpack bags. You don't have to. I like the the thrill of the the flight because mm-hmm. it is. I mean, even if it's clear in a million, uh, in smooth air with a great tailwind, um, it's it's thrilling. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I like being able to be in control of my own destiny, and uh, it, you know, I think my wife might say I'm a control freak, but. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just like to push buttons. So I think she would also agree with that. I was going to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> metaphorically and literally. So we, uh, Kyle was here for a couple of days and we headed up to Kansas City. Uh, and this is the second time that we've actually done that trip from uh, Dallas up to Kansas City in this year. So we did this last year at the same time. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, nice, it's a nice trip. Yeah. Uh, it's a little over two hours. I was going to say, to it's, it's, it's within three, right? Yeah, hours. it was it was about two hours and five minutes to get there. We had a nice tailwind going up there. And you're flying a turbocharged airplane, so you yeah. can go a little bit higher and you're a little bit faster. And... Yeah, I mean, uh, I've done it before with the airplane. I've gone higher, but because the aircraft is not pressurized, anything about thirteen five, you're on oxygen, and it's it's in my opinion, it's inconvenient unless there's a big benefit. Sure. If the winds are really kicking up there at a, at a great tailwind, yeah, I'll go do it. Or if I need to get up and over uh, some weather, mm-hmm. I'll do it. It's just it's uncomfortable to wear the the cannulas or to switch over mm-hmm. to the mask, um, and I I don't generally enjoy it. So usually I'll stay eleven twelve in the Cirrus. Now you a, you lease this aircraft. Does it so it has TKS, which is an anti icing system. Yep. Um, known it's flight known icing, right? Yep. And then obviously it has oxygen, like you said, built in oxygen. Yep. Do they m- maintain all that for you? Yeah. So you. Um, you pay for whatever you use. Okay. Yeah. So they they refill it and. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I mean I've had I've had both systems serviced away because I've used them you know going to somewhere yep. and then wanted to make sure I had them for the way back and have them serviced there so you pay for that stuff when you're away. Okay. But you've got like that that bag is my masks and. Oh, so you bring right your there. own mask? It's yeah, BYOM. I, bring, I mean uh, that makes sense, right? You know, this is the first time I flew the airplane that I noticed it had its own in the back, which. Yeah. Um, I do a pretty good job sterilizing those after I use them, and I feel pretty confident that I've sterilized them versus... Also, a caveat here, Pete, is, and I share this as well, germaphobe. Yes. Oh, yeah. So if I were to fly an aircraft that had its own system, I would 100%. I mean, even the hoses itself, you're like... Yep. But, yeah, I, I feel like... So the only uh, only complaint about getting up into Kansas City was uh the actual arrival into kansas city and and we had a weird experience getting into kansas city and this is the main kansas city international mci right right the main airport big airport that we landing because the event that we go to is out in that area of town it's not in downtown kansas city last year when we flew in we were on the arrival and a citation had passed us overhead on the arrival and we knew that he was out there and we knew he was going to be overtaking us and that's par for the course with this type of operation Uh, and they flew him out 
to, I would say, probably about a 15-mile final before they turned him inbound uh, for the runway. And for those at home, that's pretty ex- – that don't have any aviation experience. That's pretty excessive. Like, you can – I would say, what's a normal final? Like, three miles? Three miles, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's – for for non, you know, commercial aircraft. Commercial aircraft need a little bit more room, maybe five miles. Yeah, they probably do, like, five miles. I mean, they like, could they could what do – what they do into Dallas yeah. all the time, it's, it's five, six it, miles. I would say it's even tighter in some cases. Yeah. But in any case, so – Fifth, three times that, you know, 15 miles. 15 miles. Super excessive. At a dead airport. Right. With no, no offense, traffic. Kansas City, but your airport's not that busy. Right. They put us behind the citation, obviously. And we could have made the short approach. Sure. been long out of the way for him. And even the citation, when he turned final, he asked contr- the controllers why they were so far out. And they said, well, there was a Southwest airplane coming in, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't even on our runway. So that was, that was 2018. 2019, they had us in the downwind, so we're flying parallel with the airport. And we were still up above 9,000 feet. Which and, is excessive. Which is super expensive, yeah. excessive. You expect to be below 3,000 feet at that point, worst case, because yeah. you're still you're still diving pretty aggressively from 3,000 feet. So yeah. 9,000 feet, we were flaps out at 9,000 feet and <laughs> doing 2,000 yeah, feet. Trying to, with trying no, to manage with no that power. energy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, got in there. It was fine. Uh, Kyle flew home commercially from there. Uh, I flew back... Uh, Friday by myself in the plane, and that was uh, I blasted off into IMC into mm-hmm. actual weather, and it was one of those you're off the runway and you're immediately deviating for stuff that's building up around you thunderstorms and um I don't I didn't see strikes mm-hmm. um but it was it was moderate heavy precipitation moderate to heavy precipitation uh, in the area um, about 50 miles south of Kansas City I was out of that yeah. And you don't want to fly into that. I mean, for those who aren't aviation savvy, yeah. you don't want to fly into. If you don't have to, like you can fly into moderate precipitation. It isn't really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, when you look at like a map and you see green and you see yellow and orange and red and pink, on the radar, on the radar, um, I'll gladly fly through green. I will occasionally go through yellow. Yeah. Anything beyond that, I will do everything in my power to avoid, and I highly recommend doing that. Also, and I think. Uh, even heavy aircraft are doing that, oh, yeah, that, that yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, we got out of there, uh, got out of that weather, which it was, it, there was heavy precipitation, but it wasn't bumpy at all. Yeah. Uh, it was actually very smooth in the clouds. Uh, had some stuff that was building uh, just east of Oklahoma City. I had to pick my way through that and pick around that, which is the picture that we posted earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the time this airs, I'll say last week. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Real time podcasting, and uh, yeah, it was uneventful. It was it was enjoyable uh, for several reasons. You know, usually when I haven't flown for a while, I get up and I feel rusty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually went and flew a couple weeks ago. Just went up, did touch and goes, shot some approaches, mm-hmm. and kind of get some of that rust off. So I felt I felt really good about it. Um, I was immediately reminded why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny, you know. <laughs> When you when you don't get an opportunity like I am, the last time I flew was a couple of months ago, just due to you know life events and, and whatever, right? Yeah. So she's sitting right there. She's right there. Don't judge. make eye contact. So much judgment. Um. So, at Instagram and judging. Yeah. No, I mean honestly, she was she, I right? No. Um. No. She she doesn't mind uh, that I go flying. Actually, I think she prefers it a because I get out of the house and leave yeah. her alone. Sure. Uh. And secondly, because she knows. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, she. Knows that I like it a lot, and she likes it too. So, and we've been talking about now that again, perceptively, things have settled down. Perception. Yeah. Um. We, we're going to try to do maybe go down, do some day trips to various cities that are flying distance, easy flying distance for for me uh, or for us, right? Austin, San Antonio, yep. you know, wherever. Um. Maybe even try to fly over to New Orleans or something like that. So now, you know, now that things have kind of re... If you guys go do that, I'll, I'll join you. Oh, good. I in, figured... In a different airplane. I... Oh, that would Formation be... Formation flying. All right. So we're going to... Tan- since we're tangenting on that, Jen, when I initially told her that I wanted to do formation, like training, she yeah. goes, no. Absolutely not. Why not? She was under the presumption that it was dangerous. It's not dangerous. When the, and the, this is funny because I remember having this... And I think it's because she doesn't like my driving. Yeah. So I think, and I, get I that. and I, yeah, and I get close to people driving, and she, she thinks you. I'm assuming she equates it to that, right? So, 
I, I don't I don't know. Well, I don't think she liked it. She didn't like the idea of it. So in, I've done quite a bit of formation flying right. in my lifetime. Um, and for me, if, if you've never done it before, mm-hmm. and if we go fly and I've done it before, I would let you be the leader right. craft because I'm a little bit more experienced. So I would be the one that would be tucking into you. So all yep. you have to do is just fly. Fly, make sure you don't bump into things. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll have to just slow down a lot for whatever you're flying so that I don't overrun you. Uh, actually... <laughs> Jen and I have some exciting news. Uh-oh, you bought an airplane. Yeah, we bought a Cirrus. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, sorry. What, <laughs> a 20? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, no, what was what was the original? The SRV? Like the, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. pusher? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. The one, it was like the precursor to the 20. It was like the VFR-only version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. They, made, they, they did make a pusher version, I believe, at one point. I think that was the, their concept aircraft. Yeah, it was a concept one. Anyway, yeah. tangent. tangent. Tangent on the tangent on the tangent. So, um, obviously, we've had a busy summer and, and stuff like that. And, you know, 2020 is looking like it's going to be super busy as well. And going back to the whole yep. instrument stuff, um, I have a, a biennial flight review. So, every two years, you got to get reviewed, right, for those non-aviation yep. people out there. Um, and it's due this weekend or next week um, is when I'm going to go flying, hopefully, if the weather cooperates. Um, but it's always like I feel like every that's like the only time I get to go flying anymore is some sort of review or requirement or something like that. It's never. And that's I would say that that makes me on paper dangerous. But so if you the, didn't know that I go to all of these events and sit in on these, yeah. you know, yeah, you get a lot of extra exposure. Right. So the nice thing about being instrument rated mm-hmm. is even if you're doing like a VFR review, you can blast off in the IFR conditions, get on top, do whatever you need to do, and, and, and then come back. Right, down, right. Which I've uh, I've done a couple times before. Yeah, but you have another level to that because you have to do a certain amount to stay legally current. You have to do approaches and right. holds and yeah. intercepts and, then and blah, blah, blah. IPC. Yep. Yep. Instrument proficiency. <laughs> There was emphasis on that check, but yeah. I don't think you need to do that. Uh, but I am all current. Oh, day, good. night, IFR, VFR. I am one not wheel, current. Two wheel. Wheelies. Wheelies? Oh, yeah. I took a motorcycle out yesterday. So, oh, yeah, motorcycle right. Motorcycle now, too. Boom. Boom. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, so what, I don't want to say what's looking for in the future, but actually, I guess we can kind of disclose that it's it's kind of going to quiet down as far as, uh, our travels go well no <laughs> no we don't know why i just said that because then i quickly remembered all of the travel i quickly I, remembered my whole life is traveling yeah so it's funny for it's a little bit of work because there's a couple of work shows that are coming up november november is i think the only month both this year and in the next couple months that we will not have any I will not have any travel. I'm going to Australia in November. Ugh, that's right. That's going to be a good show. Yeah. I was actually long trip. It is. I was looking at flights to Australia the other day. I was like, cause I saw there was an ad or something for Qantas yep. and I was like, Oh cool. And it was like $2,000. And I was like, oh. that's not a bad price. It is not a bad price. And I was like, why would I need to go there? Yep. I'm not um, going to that show. It's, it's awesome. Well, I highly it, recommend going to Australia. We just got back on a vacation. Sure. It's not like I can justify going on another vacation. No, I didn't say you need to justify it, but make a work decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Make a make a, a, a gut call on uh, work priorities. Right, and, so for uh, my boss to make say, it happen. Uh, yeah, you're not going to do that. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't do this. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't do that. I'm well, that's where you got to put your sales pants on. I don't work in sales. Sell- Oh, I see. It doesn't matter if you work in sales or not. Everybody in this world is working in sales. Yeah. You're trying to, you you don't work in sales? All right. What do you want for dinner tonight? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to tell Jen what I want for dinner, and then she's going to tell me I'm wrong, and then she's going to cook whatever she wants. And she wins that sales argument. Yeah, of course. Yep, that's how that goes. That's selling. Sell what you want. I don't think she sells that, though. She's just like, do you want to make your own food? Oh, okay. Yep, she did sell it right there. Yep. There's the sale. Sales pitch. Sales pitch 101. She's in pre-sales, too. When given two options, have one of them be very undesirable. Yes. One of them be the one that you want them to pick. Yes. Do you want... Uh, I was going to say something inappropriate. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or something not inappropriate. Some, something appropriate. <laughs> Some of us, and a lot of the people that are probably going to listen to this, know that you would always pick the inappropriate option. Yes. 
Oh my! Disgusting. I feel like these microphones sound a little bit richer today. Mmm. It's a rich. It's a breakfast. That's why breakfast oh, episode. You're welcome, people. The espresso episode. You're welcome. Uh, well, that's travel. Yeah, that's travel. That's I what we got. I, I don't, here's a fun question. Yep. Uh, what are we gonna name this episode? <laughs> Uh, I feel like tangents is just kind of a low ball, but I feel like tangents is um, perhaps too focused. Yeah, too for focused. Us. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very on brand. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I would just say Toronto, maybe Toronto and Canada. Oh yeah, don't. Can I put Canada. that in the? No, um, don't. And alienate an entire nation of four hundred people. Oh, see, here you go. Yep. What are they gonna do? Are they gonna get on their moose and come down here and tell me who's in charge? Hey, nope. They're really nice people, and they buy a lot of like F-18s and stuff like that. So they could. Yeah, they're buying a whole bunch of used Australian F-18s. Yeah, because we were kind of a dick to them. No, because they didn't want to wait for the F-35, I think. Oh. Nerd, 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 Anyways. I'm saying they didn't need to make the episode. No, it's in there. It's gold, it stays. It's gold, it stays. Anyways, that's it for this week. Tune in next time, where we cover things. And we cover more things. More things. All right. Goodbye. You say bye. Bye. Oh, God. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Life Adventure PS and Instagram Life Adventures Pete Simpson. views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely that of the collaborators and do not necessarily represent the thoughts or opinions of the authors, employers, organizations, committees, or other groups or individuals.